Welcome to episode 129 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Daller. This week we are looking at Season 6, Episode 1, The Beginning. The original air date was November 8, 1998. The action primarily takes place in Arizona, and the IMDb user score has risen from 8.2 to 8.4 out of 10. Now, this was the first regular episode filmed in L.A. The movie had already been filmed there. With that move, even though the Vancouver tax breaks had been lost, it still doubled or tripled the budget per episode to produce the series. And they stuck with the November release schedule from this point forward, rather than starting a new season in September, partly to give people time to catch up with the movie on home video, if they chose, and partly because the production cycle was favorable to have their premiere in November sweeps, when it was already an established show that people were going to be waiting for, and they didn't have to worry about losing a ratings battle to something new and established at this point. We'll come back to that in Season 8. The episode was written by Chris Carter and directed by Kim Manners. Most of the actors that appear in this episode have appeared in the series before, We, of course, still have Duchovny and Anderson as Mulder and Scully. William B. Davis is the cigarette smoking man. Chris Owens is Jeffrey Spender. Mitch Pileggi as Walter Skinner. Mimi Rogers as Diana Fowley. Jeff Gulka as Gibson Andrew Praise. And now we're introduced to James Pickens Jr. as Alan Kirsch for the first time. We also get Wendy Malick as assistant director Jay Maslin. We get some return appearances by Don S. Williams and George Murdoch as well. Now, James Pickens Jr., according to the IMDb, is best known for his role in the X-Files. Now, he is primarily known for playing Alvin Kirsch. He's in several episodes, including the season that's airing now, season 11. We're going to see him in a slightly different role in a couple episodes' time. But the IMDb also lists him as Man Number 2 in Menace to Society, as Marlboro in Sleepers, and as Dr. Richard Webster in 309 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Wendy Malick guest stars as another assistant director. She's known for her work in Dream On, The American President, The Emperor's New Groove, and Waiting. I remember her from Just Shoot Me, which was a sitcom that started in 1997. So that was going into its second season when she appeared on this series. She also was in 10 episodes of Frasier towards the end of that series. We also get Rick Milliken. He's actually the casting director for The X-Files and has been for a long time, still is today. He appears as Sandy. The episode starts off in the Arizona desert. And one of the reasons for that is because desert is really the one type of terrain that you can't really reproduce in Vancouver. So with the move to LA, Chris Carter took advantage of that and wrote his first episode in a desert, because he'd been trying to do that for quite some time. So Milliken, who was the casting director, ends up as Sandy, a researcher as part of a carpool who ends up as another victim of the same gestating aliens that we saw in the movie. This is his only acting credit. So the episode really starts tying threads together. It combines the season 5 finale's plot lines with Gibson Praise, Diana Fowley, and Spender with the closure of the X-Files, with the film's plot lines. So the X-Files have been reopened, but now they're reopened 
and are being worked on by Agent Fowley and Agent Spender, because the cigarette smoking man was pulling strings to put Spender in that role, whereas Mulder and Scully are now working desk duty under Assistant Director Kirsch. They ignore these orders and investigate a lead that Skinner puts them on to in Arizona. Meeting Gibson preys along the way, Mulder sees more of the alien creatures, and Scully doesn't remember things from Antarctica the way Mulder does, probably because she was unconscious. So yeah, she saw the craft that came up out of the ice, which was a long-standing debate on the X-Files news group, but subtitles actually confirmed for me when I was watching it uh, for the last podcast. But yeah, she does say, I saw it, I saw it too. Well, now she's saying, yeah, she saw a lot, but she didn't see the alien creatures, and a virus is just way too simple for an alien creature to come out, which was the same case I was making. Here, the creature gestates, the host cranked up the heat because he felt cold, he was looking for a hot room, which indicates it was a very endothermic gestation, which makes some sense. The creature was absorbing the heat from the environment to develop so rapidly. It then finds its way into a nuclear power plant. Now, I don't know about nuclear power plants in Arizona. I did take a tour of the Birch Bay power plant here in Canada, and we're talking about something where to get from wing A to wing B, you have to go through airlocks with security cameras. You would not be where these agents were without further protective gear, even if it's just you know raincoat-style gear that you could peel off the outer layer, just so if you do get any samples on you, they stay behind. You have to pass through Geiger counters on the way out. In short, the security is significantly better than the way it's represented here. At least it was in the one I toured as part of the Canadian Undergraduate Physics Conference back when the X-Files was on the air the first time. So as the episode progresses, Gibson Praise is staying with the alien. He was brought there by members of the Syndicate because of his telepathic abilities. He can communicate with it in a bidirectional sense. Scully discovers that the DNA for the virus is also present in a nail that they find at the site of an attack, and it's also present in Gibson Praise as well as everybody else, but Gibson Praise just has those genes activated, and that could be part of the reason he has unusual abilities. So there is a further mystery to explore, although Scully's not convinced it's extraterrestrial to the degree that Mulder is. Finally, we see the creature molt as it goes through its final stage. So these very aggressive creatures with these powerful claws, in their final stage that we've seen so far, evolve into the type of classic aliens we've seen in the past. So these really do seem like one creature, and just when they are born, because of their method of their birth, they are born without parents nearby, so they are very aggressive and able to defend themselves, pretty much right from the start. So it is an entertaining episode that leaves things in a unique status quo where Mulder and Scully are not the agents working the X-Files. Spender and Fowley are. And that particular aspect of the story is not resolved at the end of this episode. So it's our first introduction, or rather second introduction to new people working on the team. It's the first time both Mulder and Scully have been replaced, as opposed to back in Season 2 when Krychek stepped in for a few episodes during Scully's abduction. That's what all we have to say about the beginning. Join us again in two weeks' time when we look at Drive. Thank you for listening.